everyone, it's Lori here from the GCE and I have quite a nice little surprise for you. To kick off our first official podcast, we have an interview with Stan Lee. The lovely folks who run AwesomeCon, a convention which takes place on June 16th to the 18th this year in Washington, D.C., invited a bunch of the press to submit questions for a phone interview. The CEO of AwesomeCon, Greg Topalian, read out these questions in the call. In the call, Stanley reminisces about Jack Kirby's talents, his Marvel movie cameos, and how grateful he is to have made a mark in pop culture. Our editor, Steph, was on the call, and she later gushed to me how cool it was to hear him speak over the phone. And, like, she got to hear him say Excelsior in person. Or, well, on the phone. But still, that's... I'm jealous. (laughs) So, sit back and enjoy. Oh, and one more thing. Check us out online at www.geekchicelite.com and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pretty much all the social media. The links are in the show notes as well. Enjoy. <laughs> fantastic. Stan, how are you this morning? You just said it. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. Great. So, so everybody, we, we've got uh, quite a few members of the media on the line. Their, their lines are all muted. Um, so just wanted to uh, welcome all the members of the press to the call. This is Greg Tapalian. I'm the founder and president of, of Left Field Media, the company that, that owns and operates AwesomeCon. We've also got Ben Penrod on, who is, in fact, the founder of AwesomeCon. Um, so, but oh, more God, importantly... Make me nervous for the important yeah. <laughs> people on the phone. More, more important, guys. Uh, so we've got, we received all of your questions from the media. We've we sort of tried to consolidate down uh, down to a, a, a select top questions that we're going to ask uh, Stanley this morning. Uh, we're about two weeks away from the show. We're, we're expecting to have the largest and best awesome con in, in the history of the event. And 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 certainly, I think most of us would agree that that having Stanley as as a guest at the show is probably one of those top reasons. So uh, so thank you all for being on. And and Stan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Yeah, it's pretty damn nice of me, but you're welcome. <laughs> let's get to the meeting. But- yeah, let's get let's get into it, guys. So, so Stan, one of the first questions we wanted to ask you is, what authors did you read as a child, and and whose work and what stories launched your imagination? Well, I don't know specifically which. I, I loved reading Edgar Allan Poe, but I read Mark Twain. I read uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, Jules Verne. Um, I read every everything I could lay my hands on. I even read Shakespeare, and uh, I loved everything that I read. I, I, I loved to read George Bernard Shaw. I read him, uh, Charles Dickens, H.G. Wells. Wow! I could go on wow. and on. I, I read anything that I thought was worth reading. That that's great. So. A, a second second question is back in 2001, you worked with DC Comics on on a 13 comic series called Just Imagine. How did this come about, and who were your favorite DC characters? Well, as a matter of fact, it came about by somebody at DC asking me if I could do that. At first, I thought they were joking, but they really meant it. So I tried writing the series of books. And um, what was the second part of the question? So, so who was your favorite DC character to reinvent? 
But to tell you the truth, I didn't read much of the DC books, but um, I, I, I can't think of a favorite. The only two I can remember are Batman and uh, Superman. And of course, there was Wonder Woman. Yeah, but, um, of course. I didn't. I, I wasn't a big DC fan. Gotcha, gotcha. So, what's it been like watching the comics industry grow from you know the newsstand days of you know the '40s into a multi-billion-dollar industry with tens of millions of fans all around the world? It's indescribable. I never thought it would happen. When I got in. My name was Stanley Martin Lieber. That was my birth name. And I intended someday to write, hopefully, a good book. Um, When I got into comics, people hated comics so much. Most parents didn't want their kids to read them. I couldn't understand that. I thought comics were a good way to tell a story, but I will admit a lot of the stories were badly written in those days. At any rate, people dislike comics so much that I changed my name. I wrote under the name Stan Lee because I didn't want to embarrass my real name in case I ever wrote something meaningful. I didn't want to be plagued by being known as a comic book writer. But, of course, that's changed tremendously. Now, I'm very proud to be known as a comic book writer, and the public... Their perception of comics has changed completely. But actually, most teachers and parents were right years ago in condemning a lot of comics because all the comics were were stories of people punching each other and fighting each other. I remember when I first came to work for this company, uh, the publisher said, Don't bother with characterization and involved plots. Just give me a lot of action. I want a lot of fight scenes. So that's (laughs) that's what it was years ago when I got into the business. So is is it a huge surprise to you that it's that it's become such a you know an incredible media world with all the the movies and everything else? Did you ever see that as even possible? No, I never in a million years thought it would turn out the way it did. I, I used to lecture. I used to go around the con- around the world, actually. I went to Italy, to Germany, to all over. Um, and I'd speak at colleges and places telling them that comics were really a good way to tell a story. You're seeing the action and you're reading the dialogue. Not much different from going to the theater and seeing a Shakespeare play. You hear the words and you're seeing the action. Well, the difference is in comics, the characters don't move, but it's the same thing. You hear the words and you're seeing the action. So there's nothing wrong with the comic form. Actually, it's a great form. It's just how well you do it. Oh, one thing that I'm gonna mention parenthetically, The word comic book should never be written as two words, because if it's written as two words, it means a funny book, a comic book. It should be one word, comic book. That makes it a unique type of literature. And don't ever let me catch you writing it as two words. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Everyone be warned. So what what are you most looking forward to about about coming to AwesomeCon and and to Washington D.C.? I don't know the last time you visited D.C., but w- what's top on your list? 
Well, I um, I don't know whether Trump will have time for me or not. You know, we have to work that out. Now, my <laughs> list is just to meet with the fans, as I always do, meet with my fellow artists and writers, and just have a good time. Great, great. And is there any one piece of advice that you received during your career that stuck with you? Well, no, not really. But there's a piece of advice I've tried to give people because um, a lot of people ask what they should write. They want to be writers and how should they write and what should they write. And I always tell them, so many people try to write for other people. By that I mean, and they'll say, I think this story would be good for people from uh, 25 to 30. Or this would be good for somebody from 18 to 22 or whatever. Or this will be good for people who like this type of thing. I never tried to write for any particular age group or social group. I always tried to write stories that I myself might enjoy reading because I feel I'm not that unique. If there's a story I like, there must be millions of other people with similar tastes, and they'd like it too. So I never, ever wrote for other people. I always wrote for myself. I wanted to please me. I was my toughest critic. If I liked a story, I felt it has to be good, because I'm a normal guy. I like it, so it's probably good. And um, I think if you try to write for other people, for other type of people, it's a lot more difficult to do than just writing something that you yourself would enjoy. End of school lecture. There you go. I think that's great advice. So next question. Which Marvel character that you created or worked on do you think is underrated or underappreciated and is due for a revival, either in comics or in film? Well, I... I think the Silver Surfer has been underrated. I, I think he's a great character. And the thing I like about him, I was always able to get a lot of bits of philosophy that he would utter. And um, they don't use him as much as I wish they would. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite characters. Okay. So sort of sort of on the same vein, in regards to all the comic characters you've created over the years, has there been anything that you'd regretted in the creation of any of them? Would you have changed their sex, their age, their ethnicity, anything like that? Anything you'd love to go back and say, I'd do it differently? You know, I've never thought of that before, but now that you mention it and I'm thinking about it, no, no, I I must be very easy to please. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I think they're all just about the way I wanted them. I think they're gotcha. about the way they should be. Great. So you, you've been involved in the industry since 1939, and you've been involved with so many amazing achievements. Is there a proudest moment of your career? Yeah, I think probably doing this interview with all you great uh, correspondents. <laughs> now, right. I, don't, I don't think about much. I just... Um, I just go on trying to live from day to day. I uh, Each day is exciting. Each day there's something new that comes along. And uh, I can't think of a, a proudest moment, really. I, I have, there have been so many proud moments. 
Sure. Uh, well, I'll give you. I'm going to ask you a very specific question now. So one of one of my favorite. I'll give you a very specific no, answer, ahead, please. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite parts of Silver Age Marvel was your your constant credit jokes at the expense of of letterers Artie Simic and Sam Rose. Oh, did you remember? You're talking a little. You're going, you're going too fast, Greg. I oh, couldn't make sorry. out what you said. Oh, sorry. So uh, back in the Silver Age uh, Marvel days. One of you, was your, you, you had these constant credit jokes at the expense of the letterers, Artie Simic and Sam Rosen. Do you remember how that tradition started? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I always wanted to put the credits down. I felt that it would be good to treat comics like movies. In a movie, you get the name of the director, the screenwriter, and, and all the other people, too. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun? Nobody ever gives the letter a credit. I'll, I'll have the letters. I'll have the production people. I'll have the editor. Any name I could think of, I'll, I'll put in the credits. But then it occurred to me, why not keep it friendly and funny and make it easier for the kids to remember? I'll give them all nicknames. So I tried to put little nicknames in for each guy. And um, I don't even remember all the nicknames now. but. It was enjoyable to me, and the fans seemed to like it, and that made me happy. Gotcha. And and the gotcha. Uh, ed- letterers and editors and proofreaders, they liked it too, because they were finally getting some recognition. Great. Okay. So, okay, next question. So, Jack Kirby, you you obviously had, had an opportunity um, uh, to work with Jack in your career. And what's, is there any favorite story about working with Jack that you'd, you'd share with us? I can't think of any. I'm not good with favorite stories. My life has been so many stories. But working with Jack was one of the great experiences of my life. Jack would have been one of the world's greatest film directors. He knew how to picture a scene and how to get the most drama out of an incident of any artist that I knew. The thing about Jack, whatever he tried to draw, if it was a man running or hitting another man or somebody looking surprised or frightened or whatever it was, once he drew it, you couldn't picture it any better no matter what. He drew, it was as though he always drew things as well as they could possibly be drawn. Nobody could improve on them. (laughs) He extracted the same amount of drama and excitement in every panel. He could just have two people talking to each other, and there was something interesting about the way he did it. He was a fantastic storyteller. And there's one thing, Greg, I can elaborate a little bit. When Stan talks about Jack, there was a story that he told me when Stan used to watch Jack actually draw, he would, he would draw like the image was there already. He wouldn't go back and erase anything. It was just done one time, and that's how it went. It's like when uh, you have a rock, and a sculptor is just chipping away the pieces that they don't need in that rock because the image has always been there. That was Jack's way of drawing, which Stan told me. Yeah, Jack, it was very often watching Jack draw, it was as though he was tracing a drawing that had already been there. His his pencil strokes were so sharp and so definite, and he would never 
draw a line and then erase it and do it over again. It's as though it had been there before and he was simply tracing it and it was perfect. That's amazing. Great, great story, guys. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up with, with one final question here. I think one of, at least one of my favorites, and, and I know thousands and millions of other fans agree, your cameos in, in the Marvel, uh, in the Marvel films. Is there a favorite cameo so far? Well, yeah, there, oh, a lot of them. <laughs> the ones in the new movie, the the Guardian Galaxy, I got a kick out of. But my all-time favorite was the one where I was with Thor in a bar, and uh, Thor was drinking a Norse drink, and I said, "Hey, let me have some." And he said, "I couldn't drink it; it's too strong for a human being." And I said, "Nonsense! I could handle it." Anyway, he gave me a sip of his drink. And in the next scene, they were carrying me out. But the thing I loved about that cameo is, if you think about it, that is the only cameo I've done that had two scenes. It was more than a cameo. It was almost like a role in the movie. So now I'm shooting for cameos that have three scenes, four scenes. Eventually, I hope to be the (laughs) (laughs) co-star. That's great. So... That that concludes our questions. Max and Stan, thank you so much for taking the time and, and for our friends in the press. Ho- hopefully that was uh, both fun and useful. If you guys have any follow-ups um, to Stan or myself or Ben, please feel f- free to email Joanna, who you've already been in contact with at, at um, uh, our, our PR firm. And thanks, everybody, so much for taking the time today. And We'll see you all in uh, D.C. Hey, and in two thank weeks you. Today. I really enjoyed it. They were good questions. Good luck thank to all so of much. you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank see you. you. I'll see you. Bye-bye.